Hi there, and welcome to another episode of Connecting the Dots with me, your host, Cassie Hubert. Join me as I explore the challenges and questions that come from pursuing a life of depth, connection, and artistry. Look, I know you're here because you're passionate, curious about so many things and creative. You love your family and you love your craft and yet you want to live from a place of deep peace and connectedness. This whole hustle culture that insists it's the only way to build something extraordinary just doesn't resonate, but it can be a really tricky path to navigate. So sometimes for courage and confidence, you just need a little bit of help connecting the dots. So hi and welcome to another episode of Connecting the Dots. It's really lovely to be here with you. My name is Cassie, in case you hadn't noticed. And just as a quick reminder, if you like this podcast, please share it, tell your friends, tell people who you think might find it beneficial, but also hit subscribe and you will never miss an episode because Spotify or Apple or whoever you follow this on will tell you when there's a new one out. If you'd like to hear any more from me, then I blog and I write poetry and I'm on Instagram. But you can also get my monthly email newsletter, which is called Connect, Create and Resonate. And it's there designed to just give you some insights. I write things in there that I don't write anywhere else. And um, you get all the links to the things I've been working on. So should you want to know where to find them, then head on over to CassieHubert.com and sign up on one of the various little pop-up menus. I promise not to spam you, but you get access to ideas, things that are going on, any projects I'm working on. Um, I also give out a free bit of art each month to encourage you, art and words combined, in order to bless you and give you something that if you want to use as either a phone background or you want to print out, then you are free to. So head on over there and the new one will be going out very soon, um, this week in fact. But now, without further ado, on to today's episode, which is going to be a small little series because I just figured I had so much to say about this whole topic, it was going to need to be broken down. So being your own cheerleader, whether you specifically work in the creative arts as a profession or just in your joy time, whether you are mothering and you feel like this job that you have, which is not a job, but it's a job, you know, is something that taxes you so relentlessly and you can feel very away from any feedback being your own cheerleader is something I think we all have to master in order to succeed more in our lives I don't mean you've got to be like able to do high kicks for yourself or things like that although cool if you can but actually to be on your own side and I say this without being on your own side to the exclusion of anybody else but on your own side as in for yourself is so important for any kind of growth, joy, success, peace, freedom, etc. All the while we are in an adversarial relationship with ourselves, it just makes it impossible to really grow and certainly to grow with any kind of joy. Now, I know there's a whole culture of how if you kind of tell yourself why it's wrong, then you will do better. And, you know, there is definitely a place for critique. But critique is not the same as criticism. And when you are feeling like you don't know how to go forward or you're struggling to get over a stuck hump, you really don't need to be beating yourself up. It just doesn't work. It makes you feel worse. And while you might have an initial burst of, you know, stubborn energy that pushes you over that hump, actually, it's not sustainable. So for this first particular episode, I want to talk about process versus production. Because process is the most part of everything we do. When we have this idea that we're waiting for a finished product, we tend to push towards that goal and then we're like, we feel we should have arrived. 
And in reality, most of our lives are never finished. Most of our projects could still go on some more. Even creative projects that you're working on that have a deadline that you give in and then they go on and do whatever they're meant to do and you're no longer working on the project. There's always room for development that you have ideas later and you go, oh, if I'd done that or I could have done that or next time or occasionally you get the chance to revisit that project and do it again or add the bits that you missed or that suddenly occurred to you afterwards. You know, anything that's living and vital doesn't have an end point until the final end point of death. But as most of us don't spend our lives thinking about the day we're going to die, and frankly having absolutely no idea when that's going to happen, we do have to live in the now. And so even creative projects that have been handed in and finished, there's still a sense that they could keep growing if we still had the time to keep working on them. But obviously in those contexts, they're done. And so learning how to step away is really important. But the process by which you do that as much as the process by which you build the project itself, is what takes up most of your time, most of your energy and most of your living life. In motherhood, your day-to-day life is never one of completion. <laughs> even if you do tick off all your to-do list, even if you have all of that, then actually, you, you know, you say you got the laundry pile sorted and you actually cleared the whole laundry. And in my house, a house of six of us and children who get mud and flour and sand and pen and food everywhere... There's always so much laundry, but even on the days that we successfully and my husband and I do it together and sometimes at the weekend he really takes ownership and goes hell for leather with the laundry. It's amazing. But even when we clear it all, a day later we start all over again. So there's always an ongoing sense of process and you can feel like if you're measuring by completion and production, you can actually feel quite disheartened when it comes around again. Or maybe you like that, in which case go you. But so often our self-talk can be around this idea that we should be finished, we should be doing it, we should be achieving this thing. And it can be really difficult when you're unable to, or it keeps going, like the laundry. Or actually, I have great ideas sometimes. I wake up and I think, I'm going to do this today, or I'm going to be really engaged with my kids, or I'm going to write a blog post, or whatever. And sometimes that happens because there's a beautiful moment within the flow of things that I can just grab that moment and the ideas flow and the words don't get too stuck and then it works and then other days I barely sit down and it just wasn't possible to happen you can end up feeling really rubbish because you've not actually succeeded and if your self-talk then tells yourself off oh I should have got this done I should have finished already I should be here already then you're not really setting yourself up for joy and you're actually using shame and beating yourself up and it just doesn't move you forward. In fact, it tends to leave you stuck and feeling worse and more debilitated when you tackle the task next time. So part of being your own cheerleader, your own best cheerleader, is to encourage yourself to see what you did do, if that helps. So my friend talked about using rather than a to-do list, but a to-da list, which I really love the idea of you go, ta-da, this is what I did. Because sometimes in a day that's busy, if you're at home especially, you can feel like you have no idea what happened. It feels like nothing happened. But then you go, I wrote down this many nappies, this many, you know, you don't have to keep a record of it, but it can be so helpful to look back and go, oh yeah, it reassures you that you haven't been idle if you need to see that. But equally, telling yourself that the process of living, it's all the things that happen in between. That is the work. There's that quote, which I think, I don't know if it comes from a musical, but anyway, life is what happens when you're waiting for a bus. There's something about while you're waiting for the thing to happen, actually, this is the thing. The life is here. 
And so learning to talk to yourself in a way that encourages you and recognizing that being in the thick of all the stuff is the process. When I'm in rehearsal, sometimes you feel like you still haven't nailed the scene. But all the process of working out what didn't work was information to help me get closer to what does work. When your kid doesn't like something you've suggested that you thought was going to be brilliant and you're disappointed, own your disappointment. But be okay with the fact that all of this is information. When you looked at yourself and you thought you'd get up and you'd have a power day where you'd tackle all the jobs and have the quality time and do the reading and get outside and and actually for some reason this didn't happen, remind yourself that that was the doing of the life. That actually this process is the stuff that makes it rich. Your life is rich because it's all the things in the in-between that are what are happening, that are shaping you and growing you. And you haven't not done anything. You've probably done tons. It's just what you've done didn't look how you thought it was going to. And so reminding yourself, I'm exactly where I need to be. I'm doing well. I couldn't have done more today. So I'm not going to treat myself like I somehow slacked because I was at capacity. Sometimes I'm really good at going, no, it was good. And other days I feel that frustration that I didn't achieve the things I wanted to. Because I like goals. I like that kind of, I like seeing the end product. It's very satisfying. And there's a payoff because it's obvious what you've achieved. Whereas it's not always obvious otherwise. So this leads very nicely into my second point, which is understanding the process that you have. Again, whether you're working on a particular project. So for me, when it comes to working on a role, I am not the kind of actor who dives deep into tons and tons of research unless I need it in order to understand something that I'm missing. And you don't always know what you're missing until you realise you're missing it. I can either dive in and do tons and tons of research because I feel I should, which we used to do research projects at college and I didn't always find them helpful except for when I got really excited by something and then I just would run with it because I'd follow my joy down that pathway and find it really exciting or I realised that I didn't know this bit of information or I didn't know what, you know, in Russian, what a samovar was. And you have to find that stuff out. Otherwise, you can't do a Russian play when the samovar is mentioned every 10 minutes. You know, it's a tea urn, by the way, for those of you who don't know. It's something about finding those things out. And then you're like, oh, okay, I know what it is. I can use this language with dexterity and confidence because I actually know what I'm talking about. But I don't love doing tons and tons of research. I remember working on a part where there was a, a romantic kind of thing going on and I was struggling to make that connection and we were diffi- it was difficult. And actually, um, my voice teacher at the time was getting me and the other guy that we were working together to really lean into the breath of that sense of that moment. And then she started to say some things that were kind of adding to the environment. And I went, I need you to stop there because I've had my fill. That's enough to trigger my imagination to help me go into that link. And actually, even just that breath, that breathing was enough to help me go, oh, I know what this is. I know what this scene is. And it helped us find it. It was fantastic. It was a good scene. But um, knowing what works for you is not the same as what works for somebody else. I had friends who loved the research. They would love it. They would dive into it. They would do all the details of that. For me, I love text analysis. But part of the way I'd work through that wouldn't be just to know how many plosives and fricatives were in it, but to practice saying them so that I could feel where that energy came on the text. And and as I'd work through the language and the text, it would all be part of my learning my lines process and lying on the floor and humming it into my body. It wasn't just because I thought this is what you should do. But for me, that really helped anchor the words in my body so that when I got up to speak, I didn't have to think about what I was trying to say. Not everybody works that way. Other people work different ways. Some people just want to chat with someone and that's enough. 
But the joy of having a toolbox is you can try lots of things. My process is exactly that. It's my process. Half of our work as humans, I think, is to realise what matters to us, how we work. Not so that we can answer some wonderful exam question at the end or someone can pat us on the back and say, well done you, but so that we know what it is that makes us tick, how we make the connections, how we grow, how we feel like we've got a handle on things. And ultimately, where is our joy in all of that? Maybe your process with your kids is to wake up slowly in the morning, like mine is. I tend to slowly wake up and then maybe I get the dishwasher unloaded and I do the breakfast around it and then eventually I get everyone dressed. And I swear sometimes it feels like my day doesn't really begin until about half 11 in the morning. And it's I've been up since before then, but it just it's a slow start, which kind of works for me. I don't like having to be places for times with my family. I don't mind it for me. And professionally, I like that. But for me, with my fam... I prefer the gentle ebb and flow into the day and then we warm up and then we're in it. And the joy of not having them in school is I don't have to force that. I don't have to rush them out the door or rush myself out the door. It means I can ease into my day in a way that's really helpful. And then I tend to have my sort of energy sink around sort of three o'clock in the afternoon-ish. So I have a cup of tea then and try and do some very important sitting. But then come early evening to later evening, I tend to find I have a whole burst of different energy. So if I'm not then trying to put the kids to bed, I'm like, I've got all the ideas now. What works for you? Figure out your process and don't worry if it looks entirely different to somebody else. When you're following what you know works for you, you don't get dragged into beating yourself up because you're living up to some other idea of what you should be doing or what you thought you should be doing. Because you're like, no, this is how I work. This is all good. And the final thing on this particular point of process versus production is trusting that not all project timelines are equal. So often we can feel like, but I should have done this by this time. I should have been married by the time I was 30. Or I would have liked to have had kids by then. Or I thought I'd make it in this kind of a role or a level of recognition by this time. And we all have those. And it's really okay to recognise that we have those. Sometimes we have dreams and expectations that we're like, I want this. And that's okay. But it's also useful to recognise that not everything happens at the same speed. Not everybody's learning happens at the same speed. I have one child, my youngest son, who decided to walk at 10 months, like properly walk. And within a week, he was just fully on his feet. And he looked so hilarious because he was so tiny and he was running around like a kid who really walks. Whereas my eldest daughter didn't walk till more like 15 and a half months because she was taking her time. And actually, they've all got progressively faster because they've had people to follow. But again, my eldest daughter was talking whereas none of the others have talked as fast or as eloquently so soon. It's taken my eldest quite a long time to read, but it's not been to do with her comprehension. It's just until she's been ready to make that connection between the decoding of the language to what she knows and understands. And actually her depth of story understanding is really rich. She's been loving on Jane Austen and Shakespeare alongside Teletubbies and Sarah and Duck since she was tiny. And so therefore, it's not like her capacity to get it hasn't been there. It's just the connection between... The decoding of the words and them sounding in her head and the stories and the richness of the story that she loves. So it's time. Not all projects are created equal. Sometimes we can work on poems. I have poems that I've been working on on and off for years, or rather I've got them written years ago. Have I put my poetry book out yet? No. Have I finished my musical? No. You could say this is because I can't stick at anything. Or... You could look at it and go, do you know what? These projects are still growing. They're not ready to be birthed yet. 
just because Barbara down the road managed to put everything together in 30 days and get something out and now it's a bestseller doesn't mean that when you finally release your book it won't be of equal value it just means that she did it fast because that worked for her and I have learned a lot over the last however many years recognizing that so much of this process versus production is all the stuff that happens in the in-between is what goes into making you the person that you are becoming building the character that can support the gifting and the skill so that you don't sink under it I wouldn't have wanted fame as much as I might have quite liked it to happen at points when I was less grounded in myself because it would have eaten me up I still haven't got fame but this is okay because I'm kind of less bothered but interestingly who I am becoming is someone I like everybody grows matures develops in their own time at their own pace and at the time that is absolutely right for them So over this coming week, I'd love for you to be able to pay attention to your process. What is working for you? What is getting in the way? And also, where are you trying to live up to some external idea of how it should be and why you haven't got there already? And maybe just give yourself some kindness around that. Notice what does work and allow yourself to follow that more. And if something doesn't, throw it out the window. You can always try again. Because in all of this, our lives are about connecting those dots between family, artistry and everything in between. Have a wonderful week. God bless.